This month we're going to build a bridge from likes or dislikes. These will lead us into our wants and then that will take us into the topic of boundaries. Right and wrong are judgments. Like and don't like are your preferences. So right or wrong come from the thoughts we have in our head and our beliefs. Likes and don't likes are from the heart and they are simply true to us in the moment. They help keep us present. And all of these lead us into our boundaries. You either like something or you don't. It's okay with you or it's not. It doesn't matter why. It's just how it is, which makes it an objective boundary statement. That's why in our coaching model in language of listening, boundaries are an extension of the say what you see step. They are objective statements of what is like the table's not for climbing on or that's not okay with me. If you have trouble seeing boundaries as objective statements of what is, it might be helpful to stop and check what your own relationship to boundaries are. Many parents have a pretty awful relationship with boundaries when they first start parenting. They don't like them and kind of hope they don't have to use them. They explain a lot of things to their kids, hoping that they can convince their kids to naturally just choose to do what mom wants all the time so that mom doesn't have to hold the boundary, not consciously, but subconsciously. For many moms, as a child, they, boundaries always meant they couldn't get something they wanted or that they didn't get their needs met. So boundaries felt incredibly mean. I'm going to give examples of boundaries and can-dos with children, but these exact same principles apply to other adults or situations in our life as well. You might word them slightly differently, but the concepts remain the same. So whether your boundaries relate to your children, your family, co-workers, or friends, the principles all apply. When the mom I mentioned above, the mom who feels boundaries are mean, becomes a parent, she realizes that even though she knows boundaries are necessary for her own sanity and important for her children, part of her still feels like that they're mean. It is really hard to be consistent, remain objective, and not feel guilty or get worn down easily when you think you're being mean to your child. It's the last thing you want to do. Plus, if your parents were authoritarian and used boundaries and rules to control you and to stop you from getting what you wanted or needed, then you might unintentionally be using boundaries the same way yourself. That will create a win-lose power struggle between you and your child that neither one of you will like. When you use the coaching skills you're learning here to say what you see and add can-dos, which I'll talk about in a second, and that are also mentioned in the foundations lesson here in Mother You, you'll be leaving power struggles behind and stepping onto your child's side. Your child will know that what they want is important and be encouraged to find can-dos that meet their needs and wants inside your boundaries. 
There is nothing mean about win-wins like that, and you and your child both feel it. I'll give example below. So can-dos are things your child can do, hence the name, within your boundary. The boundary is your overall want or like, but there may be many ways your child can suit themselves within that boundary. Saying what you see and adding a can-do puts you on your child's side. Here's what getting on your child's side with coaching looks like compared to the traditional approach of just control. Traditionally, when the child wants something like a cookie before dinner, the parent responds with a rule like, no cookies before dinner, and stops there. Or doesn't stop because the child won't. That might look like this. The child wants a cookie and the parent sets the boundary. It's not what the child wants, so the child pushes against it. To keep it in place, the parent pushes back from the other side. But I want a cookie. I said no cookies before dinner. You'll spoil your dinner. But I need a cookie. I'm really, really hungry. I want one now. It goes back and forth like that until the parent either loses their temper or gives in. That's the traditional win-lose model. It happens in homes every day. With coaching skills and keeping the same boundary, it can look like this. The child wants a cookie and the cookie's not okay with you before dinner, so that's the boundary again. But this time you say, of course you want a cookie, you like cookies, and eating cookies before dinner is not okay. Oh man, it's the same boundary but say what you see puts you on the same side of it with your child. Then you look at it with them while helping them try to figure out a can-do that meets their need. If cookies for dessert are okay with you, it might sound like this. No cookies before dinner. Hmm, there must be something you can do. I'm hungry now. Let's see, you can have some carrots or grapes now. And we can get you a cookie for dessert and just set it aside just for you. Or you can show me where to put it so you'll know it's there waiting for you. So you can see how that sets up both you and your child for a win-win. Your boundary is just the way it is and you're on your child's side looking at the boundary together and helping them figure out what they can do. You're not offering the can-do to stop your child from getting what they want. You're offering it to them to help them get what they want or need inside of your boundaries. You skip the struggle because with the coaching skills, you're on your child's side already, helping them figure out what they can do or helping them handle their feelings of disappointment using the say what you see, if they're sure nothing will work. To set clear, clean boundaries that are objective statements of what is and create win-wins with can-dos, it helps to see boundaries for what they really are. Boundaries actually provide important opportunities for growth for everyone involved. Bumping into boundaries helps your child or your mother-in-law, boss, your spouse, etc recognize one of their most important strengths, and that is self-control. Boundaries and can-dos allow your children and others 
to practice stopping themselves and solving problems creatively. When we have a boundary we ignore or bend, we are hanging on to the problems that they are giving us. When we hold a boundary, that problem goes back to the person it originated from, and then they are free to problem solve. When you think about it, children seem to already know this. They create boundaries by making up rules, and they call them games. Don't step on the cracks, only step on the black tiles, don't touch the rug, it's hot lava. Boundaries create challenges that provide your children or spouse or others in your life the opportunity to experience and practice self-control. Children do this all the time everywhere they go, creating rules and boundaries they want to keep in different settings. They can't sit still for even a minute, the little ones, without creating a challenge for themselves because they innately know that challenges help them grow. We also set up challenges in our own lives, but we call them goals, not games. And then we forget they're meant to be fun. But the point is that children create boundaries for themselves all the time, have fun mastering the challenges their rules create, and gain strengths in the process. I've been doing a playtime with one of my friend's adopted daughters, and she will consistently create a challenge that's difficult to see if she can do it and continue to work hard until she figures it out or asks for help. A challenge does not equal something bad. The boundaries you set for your child or others can do the same when you use them as opportunities for growth. Now here I'm going to talk about something very important. To further change your relationship to boundaries, I can give you proof that they are not mean at all and can actually just be almost invisible. In our language of listening framework, we use the analogy between walls and doors. If you are inside or near a building of any kind, the proof is staring you in the face. Look at any wall and notice how you can't go through it. It's a boundary. It blocks your access to whatever is on the other side. And other than recognizing that it's there, it's virtually invisible as a boundary. You don't sit there huffing and puffing with the hair on your neck standing on end because it's controlling where you can and can't go. A wall just is what it is. If you want to get to something on the other side, you don't go up to it and beat on the wall. It's stopping you from going through, but you would never think of it as mean or doing something to you. It's just there. It's just how it is. And if you want to get to the other side, you problem solve by finding another way. That's how you want your boundaries to register with your child, as invisible walls, just what is, with can-dos that help them find another way to get their needs or wants met. While it's slightly different dynamic when it comes to other adults, the process for you is the same. While you can offer can-dos for your child, you may not have to offer those to other adults, but you can still trust they're capable of using self-control and problem-solving skills to deal with whatever comes up for them when you hold a boundary. Each wall presents an opportunity for your child or others 
to experience stopping themselves, creative problem solving, and thus growth. Children can handle wall boundaries. It's boundaries that act like doors that give them trouble because doors sometimes open and sometimes don't. Remembering that to your child once is always, this is a childlike way of thinking, it makes sense that if a door opens once, they will expect it to always open. So when they come up to it and find it closed, what do they do? They scream, they cry, they beat on it to try to get it to open because to them it's supposed to open because it has been open before. It's not a wall. So when the door is closed, it feels mean, unfair, and all of the other things kids say about a boundary when they feel powerless and angry. Because they think, well, sometimes mom's opens it. Why won't she open it now? Each time they go into a new space or spend time with a new person, they check it out to see what the boundaries are. They adapt quickly to boundaries that are walls, and they struggle with boundaries that are doors. If you have unintentionally created doors, for example, like sometimes letting your rule about no food in the living room or bedroom slide, if you're too tired to object, or if the food isn't particularly messy, you can expect a struggle when you try to turn it back into a wall. To help your child re-adapt to this wall, you will need to say what you see to make your child write that it was an open door yesterday and how disappointing to find it closed today. Kind of like you're annoyed because you could do this yesterday and now I won't let you. Then when they tell you why eating in the living room or their bedroom, for example, matters to them, maybe they don't want to miss out on a show they're watching. You can use can-dos, like pausing the show so they can have their snack to help them meet that need inside of the firm wall of no eating in the living room so cooperation can become easy again. Some of your boundaries will be easier to establish as walls than others. The easiest ones are usually natural boundaries because they're based on laws of nature like fire burns so the rule is no touching flames or streets can be dangerous so the rule is hold my hand crossing the street. Social boundaries based on cultural agreements may be easy or hard, depending on whether or not you agree with them. Libraries, for example, libraries are quiet spaces for reading, so the rule, no loud noises in the library. Or, bodies are private, so the rule is no clothing, clothing is worn in public. But the hardest are usually personal boundaries because they are not handed to you by the external world. They require you to look inward to find what you like or don't like or what is or is not okay with you. If you were raised to ignore your likes and wants in, other to, in order to please others, this may be hard to hear, but it's true. The boundaries you set based on your own personal preferences are just as real and important as natural or social boundaries. That's why even if you have ignored them, they remain there and you feel violated when they're crossed. And if you think about it, 
You can tell it's true from how uneasy or even upset and even raged you feel each time your child stretches or crosses one of your true boundaries by doing things you don't like, such as hitting you, a sibling, or getting out of bed a dozen times. And the same goes if there's other people or other adults crossing your boundaries. When personal boundaries become doors, it's difficult for everybody. Creating walls that support your personal boundaries starts with awareness of how real and solid your personal boundaries actually are. Here's a quick exercise that can help. We're going to use some of our likes and dislikes from last month to help us in this little exercise. Think of one personal boundary, something you like or don't like, and want a certain way in your house. For me, it would be socks and toys and backpack all over the living room and kitchen floors. I don't like this. Now ask yourself, can I change that like? Can I make myself like it? Pause the recording a minute and really try to make yourself like something you don't like or try to make yourself dislike something that you like. Did you feel that internal resistance or maybe even laugh because there's just no way you could ever do that? For me, I could never like junk scattered everywhere. And that is the truth about personal boundaries. In any given moment, you can't actually like something you don't like or not like something you do. You can't change your true boundaries no matter how much somebody else wants you to because they are walls that are already there. You didn't put them there and you can't change them. They just are what is as much as any natural or social boundary. They come with the package of being human and are the unique expression of you. Yes, they may change and morph over time. For example, you may have different boundaries or likes or dislikes during a postpartum period versus when your kids are all older. But at any given moment, they just are what they are. Your ability to say, I don't like that, or that's not okay with me, and make rules that honor your boundaries models confidence and self-respect. Your child needs to see you do it so that when they grow up, they can do it too.